At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. A warm up from Evo. Welcome to Love you, Las Vegas for Custom Seats. With myself, Greg Eats Peters. And now part of the Beats Family Podcast, we've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping it to two parts today. Things are slowing down a little bit with the transfer portal. I think that this is going to be picking up much more once we get these NBA draft decisions, but we had just a few moves that were made on Sunday, so I'm going to recap those in segment number one. And then in segment number two, we're going to be going out to the East Coast as Guy Filatico. He does a great job with the Iona Hoops podcast. He is going to be joining me. There's no doubt a lot of intrigue with Iona, a team that they bring back just one player from a season ago. They've got Tobin Anderson coming into the fold, so we're going to be discussing that. Also, we're going to be chatting about just what to expect out of St. John's this season as well. He's got, obviously, a lot of familiarity with Rick Pitino, a lot of the guys that he's bringing with him from Iona. We're going to be talking about just how Tobin Anderson being a D2 guy, he is equipped for being able to have a little bit more success than many other coaches with having a bit of a roster overall like he's had with this adventure with Iona and just a little bit about the Metro Atlantic as well. It's been a rather quiet offseason for many of the teams in this conference, so we're going to be talking about a wide variety of things with Guy in segment number two, and if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnn underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. First things first, hopefully everyone out there had a good Mother's Day. And if you didn't wish your mother a happy Mother's Day yesterday, it's better late than never. So pick up the phone, send a text, give a call, something like that. I'm sure your mother would rather hear happy Mother's Day a day late rather than not hearing it all. So... And we'll throw that out there for you, but let's take a look at the moves that we saw in college basketball on Sunday with the biggest one involving a big man. Seven-footer in Musa Sise is decided that he is going to Ole Miss. I mean, by the way, for Ole Miss, they now have seven-foot-five Jamarian Sharp. Musa Sise, who is right around seven feet tall as well, so it has been quite a portal haul for Chris Beard as he brings in more of a defense-oriented player in Cisse. Only was able to put up 6.8 points per game this last season at Oklahoma State, but 
eight boards right around two blocks per contest. And I think that those numbers are a little bit misleading as well because there were quite a few games where Musa Cisse was playing through injury and he only played a rather limited amount of minutes. There was quite a few games in like early to late January where he just wasn't out there on the court and wasn't able to deliver like a lot of anything. So if you take a look at his last 15 games of the season from February on, I think that this is a little bit more of a accurate gauge because that was a time period where he was able to average more around seven and a half rebounds per game. And if you want to take a look at what he was able to do out of conference from pretty much the beginning of the year until December 20th, first 12 games of the campaign, he was able to give the team 10.8 boards, eight and a half points, had nearly three blocks per contest. This guy can be a complete dominator. So big for Ole Miss. Probably going to need a little bit more of a backcourt because it's going to be tough to try to play Jamarian Sharp and Musa Cisse together. But that said, they certainly have some of the most size of any team out there in college basketball. And that front line is going to be one that very, very few are going to want to go up against. Michael O'Connell, he was playing at Stanford this last year. He has decided that he is going to be going to NC State. A starter at Stanford for pretty much all of his three years. Didn't put up big numbers this last year. 5.2 points. Did a solid job being able to give out right around three assists of 1.6 turnovers per game. Never has really been a great three-point shooter, though. Career 30.1% three-point shooter. Shot 29.7% from distance this past season. So, a little bit more of a pass per sky for NC State with all the creators that they bring in. Someone like DJ turned it up horn, I think is going to be rock solid for the team. I do think that NC State has quite a bit of upside. I think that that might be a little bit of a missing cog that they needed. Ontavion Calm was able to put up some very nice numbers towards back half of the last season with Cal State Bakersfield. Meet me for the Roadrunners. He has decided that he is going to be adding to McNeese. And McNeese has really had a nice transfer portal haul as they bring in Will Wade, which say what you will about Will Wade, this guy has always been able to do a good job of recruiting. Some of the methods of recruiting, we could dive in there, but I mean, he's already brought in Zach Harvey, who I remember a few seasons ago at Cincinnati was a 45% three-point shooter. Mike Saunders Jr. saw meaningful minutes at Utah. DJ Richards, someone who was able to put up 10 points per game for UTSA. Shahada Wells, a very good player from TCU, and when he was at UT Arlington, a double-figure score. CJ Felder, who saw meaningful minutes for Boston College in Florida. Now he brings on Ontavion Kalmu. This last season, he was able to give the team 13 points, 5 boards per contest, shot about 32% from 3 par inch as a 6'7 do-it-all player, but for Calm, he really took hold towards back half of the season. Had some pretty pedestrian numbers towards the beginning part of the campaign, but if you take a look from January 26th on, so final 14 games of the season, didn't really shoot a lot of threes, but 18.1 points and 5.5 rebounds per game for one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball. This guy is going to be a big-time impact guy, so I do think that that is massive for a McNeese State team that looks like they are going to be completely dominant out there in the Southland. And then we saw Rudy Fitzgibbons, who was playing for the Citadel, missed the entirety of the 2022-23 season, but when he was playing at the Citadel, was a rather solid player in three seasons, shot 36.5% from three-par range. Not a prolific score with right around seven points per contest, but he is going to be staying within the SoCon. He has decided that he is going to be going to Chattanooga, and we're seeing more and more interconference transfers. And then Micah Adams-Woods, who was playing over at Cincinnati this last season, he has decided that he's going to be going to St. Bonaventure. 
For St. Bonaventure, you can tell that they were just really lacking that explosive guard a season ago. Micah Adams-Woods should be able to bring a lot to the table for them as in the American this last season. 9 points, 3.2 assists, 1.1 steals per contest while shooting 36.5% from 3-point range. Wasn't necessarily super duper amazing at one thing, but was a very nice Swiss Army Knife guy. I think that he's going to be able to fit in very well with what Dr. Schmidt is looking to do at St. Bonaventure. So a few moves of impact did happen on Sunday, but certainly a little bit quiet on the front until we get these NBA draft decisions. But it has not been a quiet offseason out in the northeast part of the country. Guy Filatico does a great job with the Iona Hoops podcast. He's going to be joining me next. We're going to be diving into just the landscape of the Metro Atlantic Conference, what to expect out of St. John's, what to expect out of Iona, how Iona has built up their roster, and so much more. And that's coming up on the flip side right here on Chesco Seats with myself, Peggy Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. 
Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to be joined by our guest as Guy Filatico does a great job with the Iona Hoops Podcast, which you're able to catch at at YouTube.com. If you search Iona Hoops Podcast right there on YouTube, it is going to pop up as Guy does a great job taking a look at the entire Northeast college basketball landscape. As we know with Iona, it's been a very interesting offseason with them, with losing a coach, losing quite a few players, but they bring in a man that was able to shine during the NCAA tournament, and Guy has been at the forefront of all of it. And to be able to follow Guy Filatico on Twitter, that is at IonaGuyF. Nice, clean, and easy Twitter handle on Guy. <laughs> it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. It's great to be on. Yeah, my name makes it pretty easy to just assign my name to the, to the Twitter handle. What's that guy's name? Oh, wait, it's Guy. I absolutely love it. But what I also love is just what we've been seeing this offseason out of Iona. Because when you lose a coach like Rick Pitino, let's call it what it is, it's never going to be easy to be able to replace him. But what do you think of the hiring of Tobin Anderson, for one, and two, what he's been able to do with this roster? Because really, other than Osborne, Shema, nobody else is really coming back. But I've been very impressed by what he's been able to do. Everything from picking up Wiza Ponzo over the last few days to just the way that he's been able to scour talent from the D1 level to more of the junior college level. I've been very impressed by the way that he's been able to build a roster on the fly. You know, I have to go back and tell you a story, though. On the Iona message board back in April 2019, so this is 2019, Iona fans were kind of opining about who would get the head job to replace Tim Clewis should he ever leave. At the time, it was assumed that Jared Grasso would get the job, and he had just left to take the Bryant job. Oh, he'd definitely come back to Iona. So then here we are. We fast forward a year later. It's March 2020. COVID's hitting. Tim Clewis is out for health reasons. Oh, my God. Who's going to get the job? Is it going to be Jared Grasso? Then this guy, Tobin Anderson, that nobody knows, is up and is one of the finalists for the job. And then out of nowhere, we have Rick Pitino. But back in 2019, I owned a message board. I had said, if we don't get Jared Grasso, I want Tobin Anderson. Everybody's like, huh? Who's Tobin Anderson? Now everybody knows who he is. So I was ahead of a lot of people with that. (laughs) I followed him. Again, I'm in the Northeast. He's very successful. And when he got the FDU job, I kind of knew he was going to end up taking a lot of his guys because he was in a similar situation there where the FDU roster was plucked clean and everybody else was gone. To me, it was the perfect hire to replace Rick Pitino. Because, again, as you said, Patino took four gales with him to St. John's. Everybody else who came to Iona because of Rick Patino left, except for Osborne, Osborne Shema. So Tobin Anderson in, what, just eight weeks or maybe or so, not even, recruited 11 guys. <laughs> and they're all shapes and sizes, all skill levels. But he, he did have a, com- a couple common themes I'm going to tell you about. He wants guys who are tough as nails. He wants guys who are high IQ. He wants guys who want to defend like their lives dependent on it. And I've talked to a lot of the people who are close to guys that Iona's brought in. And that's the theme I keep hearing. Oh, these guys are going to be warriors for you. You're going to love them. And it's all the same types of kids, but just different positions and skill levels and shooting abilities. And, and I think he built exactly what he wanted. And maybe sometimes that's a good thing to have such a fresh start. You don't have, you know, five, six guys to replace. You need a whole new roster. Yeah, I do think that he's equipped to be able to handle a situation like this because we've been noticing a lot of, 
coaches, a lot of players in general that have come from the non-D1 level, they've been able to have success right away as Guy Filatico does a great job with the Iona Hoops podcast is going to be right here on Coast Coast Hoops. Is that something that you've been noticing as well? Because I just take a look at some of these guys, some of these coaches that have come up through the ranks, some of them from the junior college level, like Chris Beard, what have you. And I think that these are the guys that in this day and age where we've got over 1,600 players in the transfer portal, we've got movement every single year. These are the guys that are set up more for success rather than these guys that maybe they have been around college basketball for a long time, but maybe being someone from the Big Ten part of the country, I am very used to this with so many guys like – Greg Gard over at Wisconsin, Tom Izzo, they're just sort of set in their ways and they're not willing to adapt and really just change the way that they've done things for a very long time. Yeah, and you know what? I, of course, had experience with this. Back in 2010, when Kevin Willard left for Seton Hall, Iona took Tim Kluis. Again, who's that? Nobody knew who he was. Iona fans didn't know who he was. But again, another successful D2 coach. The question is, could he recruit? Well, of course, he had in his Rolodex back then that people had still had Rolodexes. He had a guy named Jared Grasso and brought him with him. So there's the recruiting question mark solved. You know, that was the, the template that worked out for a decade for Iona. And here again, they they go that way again. Is it going to be the same level of success? We'll find out. And again, they, that was the first question everybody had. You know, the finalists in everybody's mind were going to be Tobin Anderson and Kamani Young. Oh, well, Kamani's going to be able to bring in better players. Well. Is that true? <laughs> Hard to know for sure. And I said, you know what? I'd rather have a guy who's won, who's actually coached, been the head guy, and has won. And this guy's done it everywhere he's been. So here he is, you know, and he just pulled off one of the most memorable moments in this past NCAA tournament with FDU knocking out Purdue. I and mean, he did it with a team of hobbits, let's face it. And now he's built a team with size and replacing a legend at the most pressure-filled program in the league, in the MAC, which, of course, people are not going to associate that with a high-pressure league. But when you win and you win and you win, you're expected to keep winning, even at a school like Iona. I loved the hire from the moment we got it. You know, of course, following every recruit we've brought in, piece after piece, I see he's building it. I mean, it's all very intentional, very well thought out, and I just can't wait for next season to get here. Absolutely. And what are you really expecting from this roster for this upcoming season? Because you mentioned it. He had absolutely no size whatsoever when he was at Freddie Dickinson this last season out of 363 D1 teams. They were pretty much 363rd with regards to height. But they bring in someone like a Cam Kostoyak, which we all know that last name. He's someone that's right around six foot nine. Brings in Joel Brown, brings in Wiza Ponzo as the most recent guy, a six foot seven, a little bit of a combo player. That's able to pop threes. And I take a look at these pieces, and I do think that it's probably going to be up to Joel Brown to be that point guard. But as long as Joel Brown could be that main point guard, I think these pieces will be able to work together. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's eight guys on this roster that are six four and up, and that includes a lot of the wings. So they're not going to roll out four guards and a, you know, and a six seven center. This isn't what this team is going to be. It's going to be a very traditional max sized lineup. Where you're going to have a wing that's six five, six six. You're going to have a power forward who's going to be six nine. Uh, is going to be his seven foot at center. I mean, so it's it's a very good sized lineup and it's not something that people were expecting Tobin to do. I mean, of course, Oz was already there, but he brought in already three recruits that are six, eight and up. And then you have big wings that rebound like Panzo, Terrell Williams from Southern, like Greg Gordon, who is a Juco uh, All-American. You know, and even the freshmen are, are big kids. So there's a lot to look forward to with this team. And again, I Iona fans are thrilled with the way the recruiting's gone. Now, 
when you recruit 11 guys and there's still going to be one more recruit coming, you're going to have some misses. Who are those misses? We don't know. But again, if you can get seven of these guys to pan out, and we already know what we have in Oz Shema, I mean, that's a rotation. You have eight guys right there. And so you already have a team in place, assuming you didn't completely flop on the recruiting trail. And there's no indication that that happened here at all. I think that he has built a really good roster and has brought in some high-level guys as well. Some of these guys might have been at a little bit of a lower level, like for going from Southern up to Iona for Terrell Williams, that's going to be a little bit of a jump, but he's certainly someone that I think is going to be able to make that jump. And that's something that is going to be considering the man that was previously at Iona is joining me on the podcast. We do have Guy Filatico. He does a great job with the Iona Hoops podcast. And Guy, when it comes to what we can expect out of St. John's, I do think that it's an interesting team because just like many of the guys that Iona's brought in, they're going to be going up a level, whether it's from junior college up to the Metro Atlantic level, whether it be like Dartmouth Southern to the Metro Atlantic level. It's going to be a big leap for the guys that were Iona previously, like Jenis Jenkins and company going up to the Big East. What are you expecting out of St. John's for this upcoming season? Because much like Tobin Anderson is building a roster on the fly, Slick Rick Patino is pretty much doing that with having one main holdover and Joel Soriano, much like Iona, one big man and everyone else trying to fill in from there. And I love Soriano. That 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 was the piece to keep, and he certainly did that. That said, I've been kind of meh on St. John's recruiting this offseason. You know, Patino talked a big game. He actually did the same thing on Iono. I'm going to bring in all these four- and five-star guys. They're all coming back to Queens. We haven't really seen that. And even in the portal, lots of swings and misses on some high-profile guys. And then, of course, he had to purge Iona's roster for four different players that really, again, outside of Dennis Jenkins and maybe Quinn Slezinski, those are the only guys that should be able to really contribute. The other two players were bench guys for Iona. So how do you expect them to be more than lower bench guys at St. John's? And not even the best Gale, Walter Clayton, who chose Florida over Red Storm. So he doesn't even have Iona's best player there. And maybe even not even the second best player was Nelly Jr. Joseph, who went out to Dino Jr. in New Mexico. That said, I really like Jordan Dingle. He's an elite scorer. Someone, those other complimentary pieces are going to fit nicely around. St. John's probably has a ceiling of just getting into the NCAA tournament, but I'm not sure they're even there just yet, despite the hopes and dreams of a fan base that so desperately wants it to be 1985 again. And I always think that it is interesting taking a look at these teams, which you've got a new coach and they bring along with them quite a few of the pieces from their previous stop. Like we saw with LSU last year with a lot of those Murray State guys following their coach and Matt McMahon over there. We saw that with Missouri and it worked out quite well for Dennis Gates. He brought a lot of guys from Cleveland State. They were able to make that leap and heck, even in that same conference, Providence is going to be going through much of the same thing with many yep. of the players who were playing for Kim English deciding that they're going to go from George Mason and they're going to follow him over to Providence. What are your thoughts on this? Because I do think that it's big from a chemistry sort of perspective because the biggest fear that you have with some of these rosters that get built on the fly is that it results in a little bit of a slow start for many of these teams. And I think that it is largely true because chemistry, it matters in every form of basketball, whether it be your son or daughter's AAU team or if it's the professional level. I mean, just see the Phoenix Suns, for example. But that said, what do you think of some of these teams that – They do have a lot of guys that they follow their previous coach because I think that St. John's is going to be the latest in this case study. Yeah, that's the thing you have to remember, too, is it's not just the coach. It's the culture that comes with him. And one thing that Ed Cooley screams is culture. You think Ed Cooley, Providence, 
you felt the team, like you knew what they were, you knew what they had, you knew what they were going to be. Now it's like, you know, it's not just players leaving and now going to a new school. It's such a psychological game. Can Kim establish his own culture quickly enough to keep Providence where they're used to being these past few years. It's just so hard to do. And even if you bring guys with you, there's no guarantee in that. And that's why I'm saying even with, I mean, of course, jumping from my own to St. John's, it's certainly different because you're jumping up in, in league class, but the culture just changes. The Bettino culture at Iona isn't just transferring to St. John's. You have to almost rebuild a culture, even when you're a coach, a coach like Rick Bettino, who has his own culture as well. I don't know what to expect that of Providence this year. It takes a while to build culture, even if you bring in talent. So they're probably a couple of years away from being what we're used to seeing out of them. Yep, I am in agreement with you there, as I do think that that is going to be fascinating to see how they fare this season, as Guy Filatico is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And do you want to get your thoughts just on the overall landscape of the Metro Atlantic as well? Because, I mean, without a doubt, the team that has made the most moves this offseason is Iona, because they had to replace their coach, they had to replace their near the entirety of the roster, but... I've noticed that a lot of teams in the Metro Atlantic, they've just been trying to build themselves around like one or two transfers. Like Quinnipiac has been relatively quiet in the transfer portal. I do like the addition of Sienna bringing in Sean Duru Gordon. He was over yep. at Austin P. began his career at Missouri. I think that that one is going to be relatively rock solid. But all in all, I feel like there's been a lot of, shall we say, shrewd moves that have been made here in the Metro Atlantic, someone like an Obeng Menza at Niagara, I think that that's going to be a relatively solid fit. But all in all, I do think that with regards to the conference, it has been a little bit of a quiet offseason for many of these teams in comparison to what we've been seeing across college basketball, just because there has been right around 1,700 players that have entered in the transfer portal. Well, you know, I've been a Mac junkie for more than 30 years now. And it's amazing that we saw what St. Peter's did last March. We've seen the types of teams, you know, top 75-ish teams Patino's had these past couple of years. And yet the Mac is still, it's on that low to mid-major area, 20-ish net rating conference-wise. And I feel like we're about to take a dip. We saw the entire top three. So there were three all Mac teams. And except for one player, everybody from those all-MAC teams either graduated or transferred out. We were just talking about it on the MAC message board. Who's going to be like the MAC preseason team? With you? Like, you know, I don't even know. Uh, there's going to be a drop-off. It saddens me because there's no real reason for it other than, well, this is the culture now. If you're good and you're a mid-major like Iona or at Siena or at Niagara, especially in this NIL era, you're going. You're not sticking around to find out uh, if you can just make money later in your career. You're going to go for it now. And who can blame these kids, you know, <laughs> really when you think about it. But just leaves the Mac so depleted. I mean, we're, again, you know, Iona's certainly brought in a lot of talent. I'm, I'm hopeful it'll be fine. You pointed out, you know, Siena, it's also not a coincidence that both Iona and Siena are ahead of the rest of the league in NIL money. Those two teams are probably going to stay on top. Whereas, I mean, what's Canisius going to do? What's Maris going to do? You think they have NIL money to compete even with Iona and Siena? Probably not. It's a sad thing for a longtime fan of the league. I'm hopeful that I'm wrong about it, that we're, you know, we're not going to see the Mac in the NCAA play-in round anytime soon on a regular basis like the NEC, but I'm a little scared of what the future holds of the league. And I do think that a big key that you were pointing out as well, so many of these guys that were the top players at their team, like Noah Thomason, for example, Niagara was one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball. He was putting up 19 plus points per game for them. Him being out of the fold, you've got to feel like that's really going to wreck the entire fabric of Niagara. They're going to need to really rebuild that up, who takes over that scoring role. You're not going to find one guy. So it is going to be 
by a sort of by committee sort of situation. And I do think that that's going to be a little bit rough for them. But what is the opposite of rough, what is very awesome, is being able to get you on this podcast, guys. I know that you do an absolutely tremendous job taking a look at the great game of college basketball. There's been no shortage of content for your own podcast as well with <laughs> Iona going through a coaching change, having to rebuild the roster on the fly. So you've had a whole lot to talk about this off season, And I know you're doing a great job of examining a little bit of everything. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just what's all on tap for you. Yeah, I mean, every episode we've been doing lately, I've had a couple different guests on to talk about the newest commitments. And I've been trying to drop them every week or two weeks or so. And then as we get toward later in the year, I'm going to try to have on some past coaches. I'll just leave it at that. Because there's a few names there that's they're gonna ring some bells for some people. That'll be fun to have. And then again, yeah, the next thing you know, we'll be in the fall and we'll be ramping up. Everybody will be in preview season. So no off season when you have a podcast. No, well, I don't. I don't tell you that. You don't even take a day off. Nope, no days off here because once we get those NBA draft decisions, it'll make things all the more easy for me to start up my conference previews as well. Typically, when it comes to the low slash mid majors able to know what you're getting a little bit more than some of these higher majors as they do have more moving parts with them. So things are starting to come into focus a little bit more and things are starting to come into focus with Iona as well. It's been a very interesting offseason for them. You go through a coaching change, you have to add 10 plus guys in the uh, transfer portal just via recruitment and I mean, Tobit Anderson and company has been able to do that. And Guy Filatico has been there to document it all along the way. A big thanks to Guy for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Seats, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. If you ever do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters ZM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five star review. Coming at you guys every single day on this podcast, whether it's the regular season, whether it's the off season, I am always here for you guys, and I will try to get you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.